Hey, this is Pastor Bob Stephen, lead pastor at Pursuit Church SA, and this is our podcast. Listen, would you take a minute to share and subscribe to this podcast? Also, we would love to connect with you, so please visit us at PursuitChurchSA.com or on any of our social media pages. Now, here's this week's message. We hope it blesses your life. What a day the Lord has in store for us today. And it's already started. Happy New Year. If, if this is your first time here in the New Year, Happy New Year. Have for those of you here last week, Happy New Year again. <laughs> it's going to be a wonderful 2023. You know, recently I purchased a patio set. And, you know, it was a cool patio set. And, and a lot of the reason why we purchased it, purchased it was kind of the picture on the box. It really looked good right? So he said, man, that, that's our patio set. That looks good. So it got delivered to the house, but how many of you know assembly is required, right? You know, unfortunately, it wasn't all put together. So I was looking at the picture on the box and thinking to myself, well, I mean, that's what it's supposed to look like. Okay, I'll just build to the picture on the box, right? So what did I do? I dumped out all the parts on the patio, started putting it together, because yeah, I thought, I could just do it based on the picture of the box, right? Well, that's what it looks like. I can just figure this out, right? Directions? Who needs directions? Yeah, yeah there were directions in the box. But Pastor Ken will tell you I'm not sometimes big on following directions. I just want to get in there and start hammering stuff and putting screws in and just hoping it all turns out okay. Well, after some much-needed prompting, from Pastor Karen. <laughs> she said, why don't you just pull out those directions? Well, finally I did. And after, you know, many failed attempts without the directions, I finally got it put together right once I followed the directions. Anybody ever, you know, here with me? Like, we just finished Christmas. How many parents were trying to put together toys uh, just based on the picture on the box? You know, maybe just, I can figure this out. Come on, come on. Those, those of you that are parents, I, I, I've been there, done that many a time. You know, if I'm being honest, I think, and I hope I can be honest in church, if that's okay, right? I think for many years, that's really the exact same thing I did when it came to building my character. You know, I kind of looked at what the world says, that, that picture that the world paints of what character is. You know, things like, you know, just, being, just be nice to others. Work hard. Do your best and just don't hurt anyone. I never kind of hear that. that that's kind of maybe the worldly definition of what character is. But I really didn't look for the real directions. I just kind of tried to build my character based on that picture that the world painted. Just sort of tried to figure it out. Hope it would turn out okay. Well, a couple of decades ago, I began to realize that there actually is a set of instructions on how to build your character. There actually is an owner's manual on how to build your character. And it's this thing right here. It's God's word. It's God's word. Now, most of you coming in here, I am going to make a presumption that you want to see something change in your life in 2023. Is there anyone here that doesn't want to have some part of their life change? Come on. We all walked into 2023 thinking or believing for some kind of change. And so what we did last week and what we're going to continue to do today is we started talking about our character. Because in order to see any real lasting change in your life, 
your character's going to have to change first. Your character's going to have to change first to see any real lasting change in your life. Now, as Pastor Karen pointed out last week, our character, de- our character determines how we think, and how we think is determined by our character. Think about that for a minute, right? And since God created us in his image, right? We're created in God's image. We talked about that last week. We're a spirit. We are designed to develop the character of God, right? We're supposed to become more like him, right? Our character is supposed to become more and more like God's character. Now, the first step that we talked about last week in developing our character was learning how to change the way that we think, right? Pastor Karen did a beautiful job of presenting that to us. And to begin to think like God thinks, to beginning to think about godly things. We have to change the way we think. Today, I want to talk about the second part of building our character. And that is this, to learn and apply the truth found only in God's word, the Bible. That's the second part of building our character, is learning what it says, learning what God's word says, and then living it out and applying it. Now, sure, there's lots of things in this life, in this world, that people turn to to try and build their character. TED Talks, motivational books, some devotionals. But hear me on this. None of those will ever replace or surpass the truth found in God's word, period. Hey, I've listened to TED Talks. I've done devotionals, all great things. They're supplemental. They're supplemental. They're not the main thing. The main thing is God's word. If you want to build your character, learn what's in this book, and then learn to live it out. That's what we're doing here, right? That's really what we're doing here. Now, I want to point out as kind of our base scripture today, a scripture found in the book of Acts. So the book of Acts, those of you that have been in church for a minute will remember, and maybe if you're new, this is great. The book of Acts is the beginning of the Christian church. It's describing what's going on. So Jesus has already died, okay? He's getting ready to go back into heaven. The Holy Spirit has now come, right? At the day of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was given to all men as, as a gift, at Pentecost, and right after Pentecost, after the Spirit had come, this is what we read in the scripture we're going to talk about today. It's Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. This is what it says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. My friends, those verses tell us and show us God's plan for us and 
for his church. That's how the church is supposed to operate. Right there. That's the blueprint. That's the pattern for what's supposed to be going on in our church. You see, the very first thing that we see as God's building character into this first group of believers, the very first thing we see is what? A group of people, what does it say? Devoted to learning the word of God together. Devoted, not just, eh, I'll think about it. I'll, yeah, it'll be all right. No, devotion is a strong word. There's a commitment. There's a passion. There's an excitement that goes with that. When you're devoted, what are you devoted to? What are you devoted to in your life? Think about that. If there's anything you truly think you're devoted to, do you have passion behind it? Do you have excitement? Do you want, you can't wait to get to it? That's what we see. That's, that's the, the feeling that they had toward the word of God. They couldn't get enough. Literally couldn't get enough. Developing your character starts with a passionate pursuit of God through learning his word. Let me say that again. Developing your character starts with a passionate pursuit of God through learning his word. You know, here at Pursuit Church, we're on a mission. Our mission statement, pursue God, love people. That's our mission statement. We're passionate about pursuing God. We're passionate. We're a passionate people. And as we do that, though, here's what happens. We learn that he wants us to love others, right? Jesus said the two great commandments, what? Love, the God, love your God with all your heart, might, mind, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus boiled down the gospel actually to, 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 to two things when it comes to what we should be doing, right? We see that God's character is loving, Right? God's character is loving. So if we want to model his character, we're going to need to know what that looks like. Here's the thing. You come to church, on, and we all come to church on Sundays so that we can be taught his word. So that we will know what God's character is about. Right? That's what happened in the book of Acts, and that hasn't changed since. That's still the pattern. You see, the early church was so devoted to learning more about God that they gathered together and it says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching. Not to the apostles themselves. Come on, let's woo, come on, preach on that for a minute. We can, we can get wrapped up in being devoted to a person, right? And unfortunately, we've seen in this world what happens when people get devoted to people instead of the gospel. People can fall, right? <laughs> people aren't perfect. God's perfect. God's word is perfect. God's word is faithful, okay? So they were devoted to the teachings of the apostles. They were devoted to God's word, what they were learning. And, and as that happened, they grew. You know, the word apostle simply just means someone who is sent or called to teach about Jesus. Now, Paul would later go on and talk about other offices in the church that would be called to teach, pastors, elders, evangelists, Okay, that's teachers, actually. So those other names are, are in the Bible as well, but what we read here is the apostles. But anyone who's been called to teach God's word is what we're talking about as we read this. You know, Pastor Karen and I have been called to preach and to teach God's word to this body of believers. 
Yes, we do a podcast, and somebody in Kansas may listen to a podcast. and gets a, That's all great. We've been called to teach this body of believers specifically. Specifically. That's why, my friends, it's important you're here on Sunday. That's one, that's one of the, the many reasons. Because God has a specific word for you that he's downloading through us. And I'm not, that doesn't make us anything, to be honest with you. That makes God actually incredibly powerful that he would use weak human beings to bring about his changes in your life and in my life. Can can we just clap for God for that? Because let me tell you what, Pastor Karen and I, as people, will let you down. Ooh, come on, I'm just going to tell you right now. We're people, man, but we love God. We're sold out to him in everything that we do, but we're still people. Learn to trust God's word. God will never let you down. God will never let you down. That's, that's what's, what, what the power is and what's going on. You know, the very thing that you're praying about in your life, the very thing you're going through is often what you're going to hear in a message on Sunday. How many people have ever, those of you that have been in church for a minute, how many of you, how many times in your life, just think, have you been at church and received a message that spoke just to exactly what you were going through in your life. Anybody here besides me? Man, I I can't even count how many times that's happened. That's the power of the Holy Spirit. That's God giving that pastor or presenter of the word that day a specific word for the people God knew was going to need it and hear it, right? It's, It's the same thing. Pastor Karen and I have specific things that we are sharing with you based on the downloads that we're getting from God and building our character was just something we both, he just shouted to us. Talk about character to start this year. That's what he said. I know there are sometimes you can't be here. Okay. I mean, you're sick or, you know, maybe you have to work. That's going to happen occasionally. But other than that, make a commitment to be here on Sunday. God has something special and specific for you every week. I guarantee it. Be here. Also be here because first it shows your devotion to learning more about God, right? It shows your devotion. It also shows your devotion to your fellow believers, right? That's important. Of course, you can hear God's word in other places, right? Podcasts, love them, listen to them all the time. Fantastic, okay? Uh, other devotionals, other places. And I, I listen to a zillion podcasts a week. Fantastic. And you may too. But hear me on this. A podcast is never, and I'm going to use the word never, meant to replace the picture that's described in Acts 2. It's great. It's supplemental. It's wonderful. There's value in it. I have my favorite preachers too. I love it. But that's not the picture that's painted of what the church is supposed to be in Acts chapter 2. And I'm all for modern technology too. I'm, I'm not an anti am. I'm all, I'm, I think it's awesome that we have worship music we can listen to online at the, at the hit of a button. Listen to a sermon at the hit of a button. All that's wonderful. My friends, it's supplemental though. It's not in place of what is supposed to be happening here every Sunday. That's the church that Jesus left us is what you see in Acts chapter 2. And let's remember it's his church. It's Jesus' church. It's not Bob and Karen. It's not, hey, we get to participate in what Jesus is doing in his church. And so do you. And so do you. 
You know, the church gathered, as we saw in this scripture today, together. They worshiped together. They hung out together. They ate. And guess what happened? As they did those things, what does it say? The very last line, God added to their numbers daily. You want to know how to build a church? That's it. You want to know how God builds his church? That's it. Do we do social media posts? Do we have banners up all over the place right now? Sure we do. That's all great. That's not how you build the church. That's a vehicle. I I am all about using vehicles that God puts in our path. That's great. But the only church builder is God himself. The only church build, the only real church builder is God himself. We just get to participate in what he's doing, right? And that's what we're seeing here. I want to point out one other thing. Notice in the passage, the word everyone. Matter of fact, CJ, can you put that back up? If you're up there, go back to Acts chapter 2. It says everyone and all. It says everyone was amazed by the works that they saw. All the believers came together. Not some. It said, everyone. Your presence matters. Your presence matters. These folks weren't taking a Sunday off to go boating. I'm not going to go down too far now. I'm just telling you. So I don't, don't know. It's a whole different sermon, but I'm saying they had an intentionality. They had a purpose. They had a passion for learning God's word. And part of doing that is showing up. Don't ever, I tell people this all the time, don't ever underestimate the power of you showing up. You showing up and rubbing shoulders with somebody could be the answer to their prayer that week. You showing up and giving somebody a hug could be just what they needed that day. Don't ever underestimate the power of your presence, of showing up. Now, you know, some people, you know, especially in the earlier days of the church, and now well, this, this is starting to fill up, right? But some people say about, we're a church plant. We've only been uh, around for about a year. So in the early part of a church plant, you don't have a lot of people, right? So people say, eh, you know, it's kind of small for me. I, I just want more, more people to start coming and well, guess what? You're part of the answer to more people coming. <laughs> you, you and me. It's not Pastor Bob and Karen up here trying to get people coming in the doors. You know how the churches grow? They grow by what we see in Acts 2. They grow by people loving each other, having meals together, worshiping together, learning about God together, and then inviting their friends, their family, those that don't know Jesus yet. That is how a church grows So if you want to see more people in these seats, part of that responsibility lies on you. Number one, you showing up. Number two, you inviting people, you spending time with people outside of the walls of this church. Because the church is not just a building, man. Come on. The church is not just a building. We gather in a building. They gathered in the temple back then. That's the equivalent of our church today. Great. But that's not the only place they gathered. They gathered in homes. They gathered doing things and doing life together. If you want to see a bigger church, ask yourself, what are you doing to help make that happen? What are you doing to help make that happen? You can't change people's heart. Only God can do that. Ultimately, he's going to build it. But we have a part to play. We have a part to play.
So what we see in this passage of Scripture is not only did they learn about the Word together, they started to live it out together. Right? They started to serve together. They started to make new friends. They started to do things outside of church, as we said. They met in homes. Boy, that sounds a lot like small groups to me. Wonder where that comes from? It comes from the book of Acts. They started serving the community together. Hmm, that sounds a lot like our monthly food pantry. What do you know? Yeah, these are the things that build a church. Friends, godly character is built by learning the word of God and then living it out with a community of believers. We've said this so many times, and this applies right now. God made us for relationship with him and with each other. It's not either or. Some people just want to go off in the mountain and say, okay, it's just me and God and I'm good. No, you're not. I'm just going to say, no, you're not. That's not biblical. It's not what God said. It's not what God intended. God had never intended for us to live this life alone, which is it's just me and God. If you hear someone say that, then they really don't understand what they're saying because what they're saying is actually false. I'm just keeping it real. And we have a mentality in our world that says that right now. Oh, I just want to do my thing. How about you do God's thing? I just want to live my life. How about you live the life God's calling you to live? Come on. That's why we're here. We're not here to live our life. Man, whoever told you that? That ain't right. You're not here just to live your life. Neither am I. We're here to live the life that God called us to live. That's a life of loving him, passionately pursuing him, and loving other people in a community of believers. And then, see, also, on the, the, the other part of that, though, it's not in my, my notes, but I think it's important. It's not just creating this kind of cult-like thing. Okay, well, it's just us believers. We're here. No, no. It's to take what God's done in our life and then share it with people that don't know God yet. It, it's not just, the church is not just for you and me. It's actually not just for believers. It's a place where believers are supposed to be equipped, encouraged, so that they go out. The Great Commission, Jesus said, go out and make disciples of, wait a minute, not some men. He said all men. Amen. The Great Commission says, go and make disciples of all men. That's what Jesus wants. He doesn't want to click at church, some country club deal. We all just kind of come in, you know, give each other high fives and say, oh, that's great. No, we're on a mission. We're on a mission for the master. That's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do. So what can you do, man? Find somebody. Go Go to dinner with them. Have coffee. Talk about what God's doing in your world. Talk about the message on Sunday, man. How did, how did, what did you get out of it? How did it hit you? What are you doing with it? We've got to hold each other accountable. We've got to love each other. The Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28 says, that's what we're supposed to do. And Acts chapter 2 tells us how to do it. Acts chapter 2 tells us how to do it. Showing up here on Sunday matters. It matters to you. It matters to God. It matters 
to those you are in community with. The word that's used for that that we read in the book of Acts is called fellowship. Okay, it's kind of an old, you know, old style word. All it means is community. It's, it's, it's like-minded people coming together on mission to learn about God together and to move his kingdom forward. That's what it's about. I want to share with you uh, a story in the Bible found in Matthew chapter 4. Now, in Matthew chapter 3, we read about Jesus. He was beginning his ministry. And the first thing he did was he was baptized. And that's what we read about in Matthew chapter 3. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. Did Jesus need to be baptized? No. Why was he baptized? Because he wanted to set an example for us. He wanted to say, he said to fulfill all righteousness. That's why I'm being baptized. John was saying, Jesus, you don't need to be baptized. No, no yes, I do, he said. I need to set an example for my followers. So right after that, this is what we read in verse 1 through 4 of Matthew chapter 4, right after Jesus was baptized. It says this, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness <clears throat> to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. Ruminate on that for a minute. By every word that comes from the mouth of God. My friends, if you want to see changes in your life, and you want to see things different, we've got to do what Jesus did here. And let me explain. You see, Jesus wanted to see change too. Believe me, he came to change everything right? But before he changed one thing, before he healed one person, before he preached one sermon, Jesus showed us his character. Think about that. Before he did any changing, he showed us his character. You see, Your character is really your core. Who you are at your core comes out when the heat gets turned up. There's another scripture in the book of John. Chapter 1, verse 1, tells us that actually Jesus is the Word. He's the Word. And yet, He chose to show us how powerful the Word really is. See, at his core, Jesus is the word. That's why when the heat was turned up, he responded with who he really was, his core. Your character is who you are in front of other people when everyone's watching. And it's also who you are when nobody but God is watching. That's what your character really is. That's what your core is. You see, Jesus, when in front of crowds, often responded by sharing his word. Most of it from the Old Testament, because remember then they didn't have the New Testament. Jesus was the New Testament himself. But he would quote 
when faced with situations and people asking him questions, he responded with his character, his core, with the word. He would say, it says this in this book. It, the prophet so-and-so said this. Jesus was tying everything together by his word. His word was his core. His word formed his character. But also, as we see, when, when it was just Jesus, all alone by himself, just Jesus and God and the enemy, man, it's easy for us to proclaim the word of God when we're in a crowd sometimes here. We're in a Bible study, but what about when you're facing something all alone? It's just you and God. What does your character look like? Just you and God. We need to learn in those moments to follow the example of our Savior and respond then with the Word. Because the Word has power. The Word has power. Jesus showed us that in this example and in this story. A godly character is what God is after in us. Because God knows something that he's trying to help us understand and that the key, and that's this, the key to all change in our life is tied to our character. Let's let God build our character. One, by devoting ourselves to gathering here each week to be taught the word of God. How can we live out something that we don't know? The way we get to know God's character is one studying some ourself, right? Devotion time. But it's also coming here and learning from the presenters and teachers of the gospel and from each other. That's how our character is built. Our character is built by worshiping God in a community of believers, serving each other and inviting others as well. And finally, our character is built by keeping our eyes fixed on the things of God and allowing the Holy Spirit to help change the way that we think. Remember, your character determines how you think and how you think determines your character. Let's allow God to teach us what his character looks like. And then together, let's live it out. Together, let's live it out. Will you pray with me now? Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending us the word in the person of Jesus Christ. God, thank you for your goodness and your grace, your love, and for all the things in your character that we can count on. Because God, your character never changes. It's always the same, and for that we are so grateful and thankful. Father, will you help us now to develop our character to become more like yours? Help us, God, through the power of the Holy Spirit to make our core strong in you. God, we desperately want to devote ourselves to learning about who you are through the power of your word. Be with us now, Father God, as we listen and as we read and as we pray in our private time. Reveal to us who you are. Show us the truth, God, about who you are. And Father, 
bless our community that you've called here, our fellowship in this part of your kingdom called Pursuit Church. Father God, as we meet together each week, as we hear your word, may we live it out together every day, every week, and every year of our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Now, with every head still bowed and every eye still closed, I wonder if there's somebody here today that needs to make Jesus the word himself the Lord of your life. I know you've tried living your life like the picture on the outside of that box, the the way the world says to live, how worldly characters define, but now the Holy Spirit is, is ministering to you right now. He's moving. He's showing you that there's a better way, a way with real instructions, real directions, and that way is found in Jesus Christ. You're ready, you're receptive to making Jesus the Lord of your life. If that's you today, will you just pray this simple prayer with me? And those of you that believe in Jesus already, will you just reaffirm your belief and also support anyone here that may be doing that for the first time? Would would we all just pray this together? Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me. Wash me clean. Come into my heart. Today, I make you the Lord and Savior of my life. In Jesus' name.